Aloha, and welcome to The Word of Hope with Ralph Moore, pastor of Hope Chapel Kaneohe. Hope Chapel exists to grow ordinary people into faithful, productive followers of Jesus Christ, equipping them through Bible teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Today we have a guest speaker, Pastor Carl Moore, with a message entitled, Take This Job and Love It. We'll begin in Ephesians chapter 6 today. And now, here's Pastor Carl. Talking about loving each other as friendship, relationships. We've been talking about loving our spouses or loving that special person that maybe one day will be our spouse, the dating relationships. We've been talking about parents loving their kids, kids loving their parents, how we get along and all that. And what we're going to look at today is how can we have love for the job? How can we have love for the people on the job? How can we have love for our bosses? Or if you're a boss, how can you love your employees that always seem to mess up and get under your skin and ruffle your feathers and all that kind of stuff? How can we learn to love each other in the, in the workplace? Because if we're going to live by this sign over here, to win the world to Christ through God's power in us, it doesn't mean that we're going to win some of the world to Christ, but, you know, God... God has special allowance for my work situation. He knows how bad those people are, so I don't need to win that part of the world to Christ. But it's that we win the entire world to Christ through God's power in us. That means that the way we're going to do it is that it's the power that's inside of us. That means wherever we go, we take that power with us. And we have the ability and the power to make a difference in this world. And we're, not, we're not shooting for to win Kaneohe to Christ. Our goal is what the Bible says is go into all the world. And so our ultimate goal is wherever we are in the world, whatever part of this world that we affect or we touch, is we're going to make a difference. We're going to leave a mark. Because as we know of the events of this past week, life is short sometimes and you don't know what's going to happen. But what are you doing with the life that God gave you? Are you leaving a mark everywhere you go? Are you really trying to win the world of Christ or just win parts of the world? And so what we're looking at today is how to love your job. Take this job and love it. <laughs> Before we get going into that, I want to ask you guys a question, just to kind of maybe get you guys talking a little bit, maybe meet someone new or whatever. Um, why don't you guys all stand up? You guys all got your Bibles already. Sorry, I made you close them, put it down, put a bookmarker. Okay, stand up, and I want you to turn to someone around you, and, I, and this is what I want you guys to do. I want you to be real for this, okay? Don't be churchy, don't be spiritual, and try to be like, I'm going to give a good godly answer, okay? We know that you guys are all real normal people, so I want you to introduce yourself to someone next to you that you don't know. I want you to tell them what it is that you do for a living, where you work, and I want you to share with them what you dislike most about your job. That's why I said be real. Don't be like, oh, praise the Lord, everything is just perfect. So let's be real here. Come on, everybody's got something. Introduce yourself, tell them what you do, and what you dislike most about your job. So go for it. Woo. How many of you guys feel like you need to repent right now from what you just said? Yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted to drill into your guys' heads. I wanted you to be thinking already, as we're going into this, the things that you dislike most about your job. Because I'll, I'll probably bet money that most of them, most of the things that you dislike, come down to people relationships. Maybe some of it is just things on the job that you're stuck doing. But sometimes even those things that you're just stuck doing, if someone was there or the boss was a little bit more appreciative or whatever, 
that you would, you'd have a whole different perspective on it. So I think a lot of what, what we deal with at work and the things that we don't like, it really comes down to people relationships, our boss or our employees or our fellow workers or whatever. So what we're talking about today is, is that Paul is going to be telling us here how it is that we can actually get along with our bosses or our employees. And he's, he's referring to slaves and masters, he calls this part. In, in Ephesians chapter 6, we're in verses 5 through 9. He's addressing slaves and masters, and obviously we don't have that going on in, in our society and the world around us right here, um, what we deal with, but we apply it to what it is to be in the workplace, to have an authority over you and to be underneath someone's authority and working for someone. In the Roman Empire at this time, there were several million slaves and masters going on, so this was a big thing. So Paul isn't really speaking out against it or for it. He's just saying, this is the world around us. Let's talk about how to be Christians in the world around us. And it applies directly to us, too. So if you guys will um, look in Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to go through verses 5 through 9, and we're going to first focus on, I put, how to be a good worker, not, not a slave. Hopefully some of you guys don't feel like slaves, but how to be a good worker, because all of us, fall under someone's authority, I believe. So how it is, even if you're a president of a, co a company or something, there's a board that you have to answer to. So all of us have, in some way, shape, or form, we have an authority that we're kind of underneath and we got to be accountable to. So how can we treat those people well? How can we love them? And how can we be good workers? Let's, let's look right in verse 5. We're going to walk right through this. It says, slaves or workers, obey your earthly bosses, masters, with deep respect and fear. Okay, the first thing it says, obey them with deep respect and fear. So, God, how can I be a good worker to that boss? Because they just, uh, they just treat me like this. They're, they're, they're bad, whatever. Or even if they're good, how, how are you saying right now, asking yourself, God, how can I be a better worker? Even though my boss is great, how can I make them more proud? How can I be a better worker in their eyes, in my own eyes, and in your eyes, God. I want to just try harder. And the first thing it says is to obey them. That means listen to what they say and actually do it, act on it. But it says to have deep respect and fear. And one of the things I think about respect is, is this is like a, a thing that probably kills all of us, is don't talk bad about your boss behind their back or even to their face. But don't talk bad about them. Give them respect. Give them the reverence that they deserve. That they are your, your authority. They're your overseer. Is don't talk bad about them. And you know, when we, we were talking, I've been talking about the, the verses we read previously last week, honor and obey your parents. And I was talking to my, my high school group about that. And we were talking at camp, at the youth camp, and talking about honor and, and obey. And, and I, I said, you know, don't talk bad about your parents. Don't gossip about them. And a lot of the kids just looked shocked, like, what? But that's our parents. We're allowed to, right? Like, no. no. You know, God says for all people is not to talk bad about them. And I think that that's probably some of the things that we get in our head. It's like, well, I don't gossip about, you know, all these people. And I'm real good and stuff. But God knows my boss. So I'm allowed. It's open season. God, you know what I'm going through. So if I'm talking bad about, I'm just stating fact. They're an idiot. You know, God, that's. And that's what we get in our heads sometimes. It's like, it's not gossip because. It's my boss. I mean, look at this guy, you know? And we kind of just take for granted the fact that work is where we set aside a lot of our Christian values. And I'm going to win most of the world to Christ through God's power in me, but not in the workplace. God understands. He knows what I'm going through. And it's that we would have respect. It was that we begin to, to think, you know what? I'm going to honor you whether you deserve it or not. See, that's true submission. We've been talking about submission. Is whether you're a good boss or not, I'm still going to respect you. And I'm not going to 
talk bad about you. In fact, I'm going to brag about you and I'm going to build you up to others. That's respect. Well, then it's talking about fear. And the fear kind of goes along with it. It's a good fear. It's a healthy, it's a godly fear. It's a fear that says, not that I'm scared he's going he's gonna to fire me or I'm always in trouble or what's going on. It's not that kind of a fear. It's like the kind of fear that we have for God in that I have a fear of God in the fact that he sent his son to die for my sins. He loves me so much. He always forgives me. Every time I blow it, I walk away from him. He's always there with open arms. He loves me so much. He answers my prayers. I'm scared that I'm going to let him down because he loves me so much. I'm, I'm, I have this fear that I'm going to hurt his feelings or I'm going to grieve his Holy Spirit. I have a fear that I'm not living up to all that he's created me to be. And see, that's not a bad fear. That's like something that motivates me that says, I want to be the best I can be because I serve an awesome God who loves me. So I'm scared that I don't, I don't want to blow it. Not that he's going to smack me around, but I just don't want to let him down. I, I love him that much. And so it's the same kind of fear that it's saying here. It's, it's, I looked it up, the word, it really means to have an anxiety because you're not sure if you can do the task correctly or completely or to the best of your ability. That you have this semi-anxiety that's a healthy thing that says, I sure hope I'm doing the job the best it can be. And see, the opposite attitude would be the attitude that some of us get sometimes is the yeah, yeah, yeah attitude, I call it. The yeah, yeah, yeah is when someone asks you to do something. Oh, Carl, I was wondering if you could get this report. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. I got it. Don't worry about it. Piece of cake. Oh, no, I didn't explain it to you. I wanted you to. I know, I know. Don't worry. Don't worry. See, there's no fear there. There's me thinking, no, I got it. I'm the man. Don't worry about it. Don't tell me what to do. You don't have to send me extra emails. You don't have to, I don't need those memos. No, I know what to do. Don't tell me. See, that's the attitude that too many of us take, and we don't have that godly fear. We don't have that fear of our boss saying, I, I want to please you. I want to do my best. So I'm going to sit here. I'm going to listen to everything you say, even if you said it three times. I want to make sure I catch it because I don't want to let you down. I don't want to blow it. So how to be a good worker is to have this respect and this fear and not, not do the yeah, yeah, yeahs, the I got it, the don't worry about it. You know, and I think guys, we, we kind of struggle with that a lot because the, the male pride, you know, the, remember we talked about it before, the machismo or whatever that word is, you know, they were like, oh no, I'm the man, I'm the man, don't tell me what to do. And, you know, how many of you guys really love reading instructions? <laughs> One, well, good, we need to be more like these two people here. Because the rest of us, you know, it's like opening a new product at home, like, ooh, new computer and stuff. Instructions, you know, your wife's like, honey, uh, here's this. No, 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 that's, that's just padding for the box. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Leave it over there. You know, we don't need it. That's just the legal stuff. You know, I got it. I know how to do it. We don't want to take instructions. Our pride gets in the way. And we really have no fear of, am I doing this thing the best? Because you're like, no, I got it. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we use the yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what, what the, the Bible is asking us to do here is to say, you should have a little fear to, to be a little afraid. Are you really doing the job the best you can do it? Are you really going to please your boss the best way? Are you really following the instructions down to the detail? Or do you just think you got it on your own? My wife was telling me, we were talking about this, and she was, she was talking to me about her first job that she had at Baskin Robbins in the mall. She's like ninth grade or something. And she said she had such a, a fear of doing the job right that, you know, it's like, is this scoop absolutely perfect? You know, and they like weigh the scoops, like four ounce for a large, two and a half for a small. And she's like, oh, is this too big? I don't know. And she said she was freaking out so much her first day, like, oh, did they ask for sugar cone or the other one? I don't know. You know, did I make a mistake? She said that she got so 
too much of this fear that she had to go home because she went home sick. They're like, um, you're not healthy. You need to go home. You're like too freaked out. And so she was like causing herself too much fear. Too much is, is a bad thing. But to have just a little to make sure, am I pleasing my boss? Am I really doing this thing right? You can be a better worker by having this, this good, healthy fear of, I want to make sure I'm doing my best. Just like when I live my life for the Lord, God, am I letting you down in any way? Is there things that I need to work on? I want to make sure I'm, I'm giving it my all. So we need to have that kind of a fear. And then it goes on and it says, serve your boss sincerely as you would serve Christ. Okay, this is a pretty heavy thing. And he's going to say this a few more times in this passage here, is to work for your boss as if you're working for Christ. It's to serve them sincerely, meaning genuinely, meaning honestly. When you're working, you don't just go, well, I like doing this part of the job, so I'm going to give this my all. But this part isn't so fun, so eh, I'll make 50% effort over here. Now, I don't really care too much about that thing. But you're saying, you know what, I'm going to do it 100% honestly. I'm going to work just as hard as, at this as I am at this because I'm going to treat them as if I'm working for Christ. Because really, ultimately, if we're committed to Christ and we say we surrender to Him, everything we do in this world, we really are working for Christ. See, when we're loving our spouse, we're really loving Christ. Because He's going, if you love me, then love my people. Love, love other people. That means love your boss. Love the, your employees. Love your kids. Love whatever relationship. It ultimately comes back to, I'm loving God as I'm loving other people. So it says, work sincerely, serve them sincerely, as you would serve Christ, as you would serve Christ as if he was there. Can you imagine if it was Christ who was your boss, and he said, oh, you know what, I'd like you to stay late a couple hours, you need to finish this report. If it was Christ, you're like, I'll bring my bed here, I'll live here if you want, Christ. You know, Jesus, it's for you, I'll move in. You know, and he's like, well, you know, can you uh, clean this toilet for me? Where do I start? You know, five plungers, let's go, let's do it. You know, I'll take my toothbrush and I'll scrub it, whatever you want me to do. If it's Jesus, if you're thinking in terms of if Jesus asks you to do it, you're going to give it your all, right? You're not going to go, nah, maybe later. I don't have time for this. I'm real busy right now. But see, that's what we do with our bosses. And so to be a good, good light at work and to be a good worker, whether the bosses deserve it or not, because that's what we're talking about here, true submission is really, true submission really is when they don't deserve it, because that's real submission. You know, the Bible says, how easy is it to love someone that already loves you? How easy is it to be nice to someone that's nice to you? But when the person doesn't deserve it, that's going the extra mile. And to treat them as if you were, you were treating Christ. When someone says, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm going to need to move your desk. You're going to need to sit next to this real loud or irritating or smelly person or whatever. And just, you know, it's just temporary for about the next three years. Don't worry about it. You know, and we're like, what? You know, and you get all crazy. Imagine if it was, it was, it was Jesus Christ saying, you know what, I'm going to put you next to this person. Okay, yeah, I'm going to love this guy. I'm going to show you, I'm going to serve you, Lord. I'm going to love your people and I'm going to like it here. And that's good, and I'm going to do it. It's that attitude of saying, I'm going to work sincerely as if it was for Jesus. And it goes on, and it says in verse 6, Work hard, but not just to please your masters when they are watching. And then it says, says, As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. And there's a couple of things I want to point out where it says, Work hard, work with all your heart, and work with enthusiasm. Basically, that means don't just do the minimum requirements, you know? Don't just do, well, you just asked me to do this, so I just did exactly that. I had seven more hours in the day to kill, so I just had an extended lunch break. And it's like, well, you got all that extra time. Don't just do the minimum. but be thinking, how can I 
do the minimum, but I can, how can I bring the maximum out of just this minimum task you've assigned me to do? Or when I'm done with that, what else can I do? I'm, I'm here, I'm on the clock, I'm supposed to be working, I'm accountable to you as my boss, I'm accountable to the Lord, I'm working for Him, what else can I do? You don't just do the minimum to get by. You know, our financial guy, we, have, we go to a financial loan officer kind of thing, and we've used him for the past two houses that we've bought. And the first time that we went to him, it's like my wife and I, we have no idea, you know, how to buy a house and all this stuff, and we're really freaking out, and we don't have that much money, you know, like, we, it's like the cartoons, yeah, you bring your money in in a sack, Psh, there's all we got, you know, what can you do? But we, like, we just walk into the office of this guy, oh yeah, he's, he's going to help you get a loan and figure out your finances and, and what's going on in the market and all this, and we're just like clueless, you know? So we walk in there. And this, this high-power executive guy downtown, he literally has like three or four phones on his desk that are all his, like three cell phones and a regular desk phone. I'm like, what? I go, who's, who's are all these? You know, is your kids here or something? Oh, no, these are mine for different clients. This one's international. This one's this. I'm like, whoa. I'm like so scared and intimidated. And I'm just like, I'm not going to understand any of this. This guy could just totally just mess with us, take us for a ride, whatever he wants to do because, you know, we're just lost. But we go in there. And he's the coolest guy. He just sits us down and he goes, before we start anything, I want you guys to really understand what the market is all about and how, if you guys have any questions on any terminology, let me just explain it to you. He gets on his, his whiteboard, he starts writing stuff out for us. He's on the desk, he's explaining everything. He's, he's turning, this is the cool thing I thought was cool. He turns the paper towards us, you know, so we can read it, but he's writing upside down all the stuff. I'm like, oh, you know, just for that, I was glad I went. I'm like, what? He's writing all this. He's literally doing math and stuff upside down. And I'm like, that's amazing. But this guy, he just went the extra mile for us. He did all of this. And then he explained, I mean, he took like hours out of his, his day just to explain us, not just like, here's where the market's at right now. But he literally, I'm not even joking, he goes, and this is kind of where this trend all started back in 1982. And I'm like, what? And he walked us from the 80s, the 90s, all the way into where we're at right now with the market. And I'm just like, wow, you didn't have to do that. But I'm glad you did, because I learned a lot. And I'm like, this guy is going above and beyond. And then after all of that, he would call us every time. Oh, there's been a change. You know, the rates are better today. He would call us all the time. And I'm thinking, how does he have time with four phones on his desk, you know, and all this, to be calling us this little first-time couple buying a house, you know, and he went above and beyond the extra mile. Then he came down when we signed all the papers. He was so happy for us, he waived his commission. So he didn't even get the money because I don't even know why, because we just happened to be like, you know, maybe he felt bad. You guys are so dumb. I need to help you. I don't know what he did, but he's just like, you need all the money you can get. But he waived his commission thing. And then the second time we used him again, I mean, Obviously, we were, we were buying the house the second time. I'm like, where's Larry? Larry's, Larry's the man. Larry, we need to go to Larry. But then he treated us that good, gave us the extra mile. When we got the house, the second house, he gave us a gift certificate to Home Depot. And he, just, he was just there for us. He, he jokes around. He, he answers all our questions. And why wouldn't I want to now go and just refer him to like 100 of my closest friends? You know? See, you're, it's going to pay off to be nice to people, to go the extra mile, to work hard, to work with enthusiasm, to look after every little detail. It's going gonna, it's gonna to pay off. And I start to think, why wouldn't that guy be as successful as he is with the money he makes and as busy as he is? If he treats all of his clients like that, wow, how could he not be blessed? And that's what God's calling us to. He's saying, work hard, go the extra mile. And you know what? Sometimes you're going to have a boss that's not even going to appreciate it. 
And he's not going to give you a thank you. He's not going to notice it. But God's still going to take care. God's still watching. Remember that you're working for him and not for people anyways. So God will take care of you. But it's worth it to go the extra mile. And it says in here that we should work hard, but not just to please your masters when they are watching. That means not just like when the boss walks by, hey, how are you doing? Great tie today. Can I get you a cup of coffee? And it's like, oh, take it easy, you know? But that's how some of us get. We get so like, well, I'm going to please the boss. And he leaves the room. And it's like, OK, let's start the gossip. Let's put the work aside. And we're just going to kick back. No one's watching. Let's get on the computer and you know, play Tetris or you know, whatever it is. But the bosses, a lot of times, they're not going to be around you. They're not going to be looking over your shoulder. And so it's going to come down to, what is your character like? Because see, your character, we were talking at the, the youth camp last week, and I was at the, the youth camp, and our theme was godly character. So I was talking to the kids and saying, you know, your character is who you are when no one's watching. Your character is who you are when no one's looking over your shoulder. When, when, you're, you know, when you're in church right now, and you're putting on a happy face, and you're being a good Christian, that's cool. But Monday through fi- Friday, when you're not surrounded by two, three hundred other Christians, and it's just you, and you're the only Christian in the office there, how do you act then? How do you act when no one's watching? How do you act when the boss is out of the room, and he leaves you with assignments and tasks to do, and you're like, well, I could put in, you know, minimal effort here and get some of it done, and then just kind of tell him, oh, I didn't have time to do it, or I can go as hard as I can and please him, even if he doesn't appreciate it, is I want to know that I'm standing before God, because God is still watching, and again, if we say that God is the ultimate boss, it's not about that, that guy or that lady or whoever it is in the office, really. It's about God. And God's never walking out of the room. God's always watching you. So true character is, is you're not just trying to please your masters when they're watching, but true character and saying, I want to be a hard worker. I want to be submitted to God and to, to the people around me is I'm just going to work the hardest as if they were watching. If he was just like right over my back watching everything I'm doing, I'm going to work that hard every time. And that applies to those of you that are students in class. And I really, when I was in high school, I really hated to hear that. I really hated to hear that I had to be a witness to my teachers in my class because I'm like, oh, it's the same thing. Like, oh, but I don't have to be a Christian at school, do I, God? You know, I'm like, not in class. That's my mean teacher. And God's going, you know what? You're doing it for me. You're doing it for me. Do your homework as if you're doing it for me, as if I asked you to do it. It's like, ah, do I have to? But God's going, no, no, don't worry about it. Because here's what he says in the next few verses. In verse 8, remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good that we do, whether we're slaves or we're free. Remember that God promises to reward us for the good that we do. See, the the godly character is when no one else is watching, but you're still, still doing it for the Lord. And you've got to realize that God promises, hey, I'm going to reward you. I'm going to take care of you. Your boss may not appreciate you. I worked at a job where I was an auto detailer for this one other guy. He owned the business, and I was like his one employee. And we did mobile auto detailing in California. And he wasn't the best of bosses. He spent all the money. He, he, would, charge, he would undercharge people for the cars. So we put all this work and this time into it, and I would just get peanuts at the end of the day. But I decided somewhere along the line that, that I read these verses And I said, God, this guy isn't really my boss. You're my boss. I'm just going to work for you. I'm going to work my hardest for you. I'm going to put in the extra mile. I'm going to make sure I take my little tiny brush and get in between all the little air conditioning vents and, you know, in the ashtray and peel the gum off and do all the extra mile. And I would take my little brush and, you know, clean all the upholstery. And then I would, like, stripe 
all of the carpet, you know, like going one way this way and one way this way. So they get in the car and it's just like all striped and groomed and clean. And I really took pride in it. I'm going, God, I'm doing this for you. This guy really doesn't pay me that much money, but I'm going to go above and beyond. And you know what? The guy didn't appreciate me. I used to get comments where, where the um, people with the cars would come and say, oh, you do a better job than your boss. Ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, uh-oh. You know, because the boss is over there, what? What? And then he, he, would, he would never recognize it. He would never say, hey, you're doing a great job. It would, it would be more like, um, oh, well, you're doing too much over there. Don't do that. You're making me look bad. And so I never got any kind of bonus or raises, and he would try to rip me off and stuff. But you know what? God rewarded me. God rewarded me because God was watching because God was my boss. And what did he do? He got me out of that job, and he got me into a new job. He got me into a new job where they trained me. They paid me more money. They paid all my benefits. They gave me a company car. They did this. They did that. Um, when I had kids, they gave me bonuses, like just all this crazy stuff. And it's like, God will reward you. I don't know where you're at right now in your job, but if you do things his way and you become a good worker, he's going to reward you. 